the blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Bible to the book of Genesis, the 8th chapter, and we are going to extract verse 22. You've heard it before, now hear it again. Genesis, the 8th chapter, and the 22nd verse. These words are recorded. The Bible says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Seed, time, and then a harvest. So it takes time. It takes patience. It takes seed. It takes knowing how to tie God to your money because you're going to need money all the days of your life. All the days of your life, you're going to need finances. And we have to understand that seed, time, and then harvest is a divine principle. It's a principle that God has set in the earth realm for the express purposes of reproduction. Seed in this situation here that we're talking about here today, seed, time, and harvest. Seed is money. Seed is time. Seeds are words spoken to people. Seeds are deeds that are done. Everything you do is a seed. Let me repeat that. Everything that you do is a seed. If you're ugly toward people, you just sow the ugly seed. If you're kind toward people, you just sown a kind seed. If you're nonchalant, you just sown a nonchalant seed. And let me hasten to say, we reap what we sow. Seed time and harvest is a divine principle placed in the earth realm for the express purpose of reproduction. It's coming back. What we send into the lives of others comes back into our own. So what's the purpose of having a job, as we call a job or a place of livelihood where we go and make our money? The express purpose for having a livelihood is to make money. To make money to provide for our household or our family goods and services. When you build a house, you have to understand what you're doing. When you build a house and you enclose 
a certain amount of space. Say that's a 1,500 square foot house or 2,500 square foot house. You have enclosed 2,500 square feet of space that was not enclosed before. So what I'm saying is this, the more space you enclose, all things being equal, the more the house is going to cost you to build. And so the more years you work at a place, all things being equal, then bonuses started coming. So we reap what we sow. So you have to ask yourself, why am I going down the highway every Monday at breakneck speed to hit a time clock? Or to be at a place to make money. And when I make my money, what then do I do with it? What is the purpose of having? Do I gamble it away? Do I party it away? Do I give it away? Do I bless God with it? Am I a tither? Am I a self-made individual with the mindset, this is my money. I do what I want to do with it. And nobody's going to tell me what to do with my money. Well, I've said it before, let me say it again. If you want to know the heart of anybody, I don't care who they are, deal with them according to money. If they are crooked, they're going to deal with money in a crooked fashion. If they are covetous, you're not going to be able to get along with them if you borrow money from them and don't pay them back. People will show you who they really are when it comes to dealing with the money. Seed time and harvest shall not cease while the earth remains. Is the earth still here? It's cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, and so it is with seed time and harvest. It's not going to go nowhere because God set it in the earth realm and it's still reproducing. And it's going to reproduce after its own kind. Come on, talk to me now. So, so the seed is in itself the seed. And so when the seed is sown, if you sow for peaches, you can't sow apples and get peaches. Am I right about it? So the, 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 the seed itself is in the seed. If you want money, sow money. If you want love, sow love. If you want forgiveness, sow forgiveness. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Now, there are some things as it relates to the body of Christ. Now, you do understand that the devil came and is here on this earth realm for a threefold purpose. He came to steal, he came to kill, and he came to destroy. Jesus said, I am come, speaking of himself, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So when you talk about the abundant life, what are you talking about? You're talking about not living from hand to mouth. You're talking about being elevated above the norm. Abundance is having more than the need at the time requires. It makes no sense to me because I don't know where you are this morning in your thinking apparatus. But to me, it makes no sense to be hooked up with the God of heaven through Jesus and broke. It, it doesn't make no sense to me. It, it, it makes no sense to me to be making money and not being productive 
and got more bills than I got month left. It, it makes no sense. It, it makes no sense to me because I know how some of you all are when it comes to money. You're very, very touchy. So I'm, I'm trying to not be offensive. I'm really trying hard this morning because people put up this wall when it comes to money, when it comes to reproduction, when it comes to having something. See, we live in a generation right now, and I, I know the generation that I'm from, in my mind, I wanted my children and my grandchildren to have something. But you know what I've discovered in this generation? That's just my thought. Some of y'all are saving stuff for these children. They don't want it. They don't want it. And a lot of them that don't live here ain't coming back here. So you have to make up your mind, what am I doing and what do I need to do? Amen. If you're going to downsize a house and get a small one, downsize and get a small one because Jimmy boy ain't coming back. So you have to live out of your means. You got to be wise and you got to get rid of this insidious attitude. Okay, I'm a born again Christian and nothing else matters in this world. Money doesn't matter. Family doesn't matter. How I treat people doesn't matter. It does. All of that matters. So those that are wise will make preparation before you are faced with all of these issues. Quit fooling yourself. And be very slow making your wheel out. I ain't got no help in there. I'm on, you you ought to know by now I'm going to teach it. I'm going to teach it. Because we're living in a time right now where people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. So what are you going to do with what you're making and are you going to properly apply it to where you need to apply it and quit getting all touchy at the church when the subject of money comes up? Because... Nobody in their right mind is going to work every day to stay broke, and nobody ought to be going to the doctor to die. Can I get one witness at the church? Okay, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about being a believer and rich. A believer and prosperous, because we're hooked up with the God of heaven through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't make sense in this Bible that any of God's people would be struggling just to get a meal. And the Bible has decreed. See, I believe the Bible. I'm not perfect, but I believe this book. The Bible has said, I have been young, and now I am old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken. No, his seed begging, begging bread. So God is very, very much interested in what we do with our money. Either we're going to control money and be the master over it, or either we're going to allow money to control us. Now, money is a great servant, is a terrible master. It'll have you taking all your clothes off and putting your morals under your feet just to make a dollar. Money is a terrible master. 
So God does not want money to master us. That was the problem with the rich young ruler. Came to Jesus. Good master, what must I do that, that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you need to take all that stuff you got and you need to sell it. You need to give to the poor, not give it. Because if you give all your money, where well, you're going to join the ranks of the poor. Duh-uh. Nobody in their right mind going to sell them and get all their money away. And then there are divine principles that govern our giving anyway. We don't give constantly to the people that don't have no job. Now come on, if you're going to hate on the brother, let it all out right here because it gets better. If a man doesn't work, he should not eat. So we have to understand that God has specifically put in this Bible everything that we need for life and godliness. Amen. Amen. It does not matter who gets angry with God. His word is not going to change. So let's meander our way through these scriptures and find out what it is that we need to be looking at. Somebody say, seed time and harvest shall not cease. While the earth remains. And God wants me to be prosperous. That's plain and simple. Okay. All right. I want you to go to the book of Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians chapter 3. And in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, there is a profound scripture that is there. In Galatians 3 and 13, the Bible says Christ has redeemed us. That us says the body of Christ. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. What is the blessing of Abraham before I talk about the curse of the law? What then is the blessing of Abraham? In this same chapter, in that sixth verse, look at it. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him or put on his account for righteousness. Abraham was given the gift of righteousness, the gift. Of righteousness. He didn't work for it. The gift of righteousness was given to our father Abraham because he believed. He believed God. And God put onto his account righteousness as a free gift. We that are born again have been given righteousness as a gift. And it's called imputed righteousness. God gave it to us. Because we could never earn it. Because all a man's righteousness are as filthy rags. So now you got that? So everyone that is born again has been given the gift of righteousness. And is being made to be the righteousness of God. As we make our way through life. How we treat one another. How we treat God. So that God's visibility in our lives can be seen. So let your light so shine. Before men that they may see your good works. Your works of righteousness. And glorify your father which is in heaven. Now when we talk about a curse. Christ became a curse for us. On that tree at Calvary. Christ 
redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? The curse of the law, and it still is, is threefold. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. Forever separation from God. That's the curse of the law. So Christ was made a curse for us. So that we can get the blessing of Abraham. Amen? So now, let me take another step. Think about this. We are royalty. It's unheard of that the papers in London or over in England would say that Harry, Prince Harry, is broke. How do you break royalty? We got to get out of this ghetto mindset. We got to get out of our own way of thinking. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. But in all of thy ways, acknowledge him. Bring him in on your life and he will direct your path. So every child of God has been redeemed from the curse of the law. But then what I do with my money is going to determine where I end up in life. There's no way that I can give all my money away and then have something. There's no way. There's no way that, 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 that I can spend all of my money and have something. Now, I don't care how many folk in my family want to call me cheap, tight, or whatever other words they want to use. You ain't going to shame me into giving you nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to play on, on, on me like that, Holmes. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to make my money and it's mine until I give it to God, if I'm going to go and make my money while you sit up in your house and sip on lemonade and you think I'm coming bringing what I've earned to give to you because you my sister, you my brother, you my nephew, it's not going to happen. You are able and you are capable. You better get out there and get it on your own. Because if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. And see, when you take the hard edge of this and apply scripture, it make it seem as though you don't care. You do care. You cripple people when you give them everything. You'll cripple yourself if you lay up in your house too long, all day, every day. Your muscles going to get weak. At some point, you got to get out there and hit it. So, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Because Christ was made a curse for me. So, the curse of the law is threefold. Say this, poverty. poverty. Now, poverty means lack, L-A-C-K. And some folk, L-I-K-E-L-A-C-K. Uh, poverty means lack. Without resources. Poverty. The other part of the curse of the law is sickness. You may be in here sick today, but I need to tell you, God didn't put it on you. 
A head cold can end up in a coffin. Uh-huh. The devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then spiritual damnation is forever separation from God because somebody didn't accept Jesus and someone, whoever that someone may be, that have not accepted Jesus is dead in trespasses and dead in sin spiritually right now. And if physical death catch up with you, then you're going to be in a coffin. And you can never be saved. And then they're, they're the super duper saints. Oh, pastor, don't talk to me about money. All right, fine. But how are you going to make it in this world without it? Huh? You can't buy a car. You can't get a house. Thank you. Somebody went hood on me. You can't get nothing. <laughs> so God wants us to elevate our, our heart and our mindset to understand the value of what it is that we have. I was watching ID. The other week. And this, this man and his nephew and a other part of the family was in a bar. One of them biker bars out on the highway somewhere. And the little boy had five nickels. And he went to the gentleman I don't know if it's him or not, but anyway, the guy at the bar that was drinking, he carried his five nickels, and the guy at the bar gave him a quarter because the kid wanted to play the machine. The kid went back to his uncle and said, that man uh, 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 got my money. Because the little boy, he was five years old, he didn't understand that five nickels equals a quarter. You know that man ended up killing that man because over a quarter because he said that the man had taken the boy's money. And there's some people in this world like that. They can't count. People are losing their lives over pennies. So let's get down to the nuts and bolts of this. Seed time and harvest. And the curse of the law. And everyone that's born again, the curse has been broken off of your life. Y'all to give God some praise right there. The curse has been broken off of your life. Now, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And what I'm about to share with you, a lot of people have never heard or they don't embrace it because a lot of Christians think, okay, if I don't have or struggle with my money, God ain't pleased with me. Man, you, you, you got mental issues now. Because if the silver and the gold is his, and you are his, and you are joint heir with Christ, then the devil is playing with your mind that you ain't supposed to have something. Just don't put going after something in front of the Lord. If you work with God, he will, he will, listen, you can get that free. 
You don't have to have everything today. Learn how to wait. Is this message resonating? Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and then we're going to Calvary because it's very important that we understand how the Lord did this thing. All right, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 10. The Bible says, for the love of money, not money, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. They quit coming to church. They just got to go and make some more money. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't let money make and take you away from the Lord. Things must be kept in perspective. All right? Look at verse 17, 1 Timothy 6. Charge them that are rich in this world that they give all their money away. That's not in your Bible. So charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. See, the riches of this world are uncertain. And people sit there and they watch people take their money out the stock market. Stock market go down, you lose $5,000 a day. You lose $25,000 a day. You call, you talk to your financier. You know what they're going to tell you? Oh, stick with it. It's coming back up. They want it to stay there so they can get some more of it. You sit in there watching the numbers go down and, and your mind is just shut off that you need to take this money out of the stock market and you need to ask God to give you wisdom to invest it. Because every time the stock market goes down again, folk have lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, if, you, if you're saying, well, should I be in the stock market? That's your choice. I'm not. I have an insurance connected to me that's connected to the stock market. And in one weekend, it dropped 60 thousand dollars are you listening and then there are people that got all these pigeon drop games and then when you get old and can't have here you are punching numbers in and they got your social security everything so we have to be wise as we get older Because some folk come pick you up and take you to the bank and, and you really think, you know. So we, we have to, you know, people want your money. And they're not willing to work to get it. But they'll work on your head to get it. Amen? Amen. Now, now I, let me say this to you right quick. You got your mortgage payment, you got your car note payment, you got your insurance payment, you got that all set aside, and when you get paid, you know what you have to do. Somebody come to you and they pull my outfit. And they say, look, I need 
you know, my, my kid, you know, I ain't got no, no food, no money for no food. Do you think it's right for you to take your mortgage money or your car note or your insurance money and give it to them? Let me tell you what an old preacher told me years ago. I didn't understand it then. I understand it now. Every man's emergency is his emergency. And what he wants to do is make his emergency your emergency. Here you are going to the bank on Monday morning getting $2,000 out because he got an emergency. It's good to help people. But you better know what your own needs are. Because the same folk you feeding and making fat, when you getting skinny, it ain't going to be nowhere around. You call that mother's wit. It's just simple common sense. Quit giving your money away. People play like they like you. So let's go to Calvary. And see what happened. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Because some people, well, really, to be honest with you, and I, I thank God for the word, I've never heard another minister go to Calvary to get prosperity. It's almost like what Jesus did. Okay, can, can I re may I reason with you just for a moment? Well, if 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 the if the curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. Then that's the problem, right? Is that right? Well, then who's going to go to that cross and die up there in my place, in your place, and become my substitute and not take away the curse of the law? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. And all these years I've heard and I've been listening like I told you before, I'll get back to you. All these years I've been listening. And they want to talk about prosperity, but they never take it to the cross. Because it's almost like, okay, this is sacrilegious. If you're going to say that Christ died on that cross, you know, to, to take away poverty. Well, he did. So let's be real about it. How is he going to take the stripes on his back just for my healing? And then overlook my poverty. How is he going to die on that cross to give me eternal life and overlook my poverty? And this is all I'm saying. Down through the years, I haven't heard anybody connect the destruction of poverty off the life of the believer because of the sacrifice of Christ on that cross. That's why I don't get what people talk about. Well, you know, that's the Old Testament. So is the Lord is my shepherd. Sure is. So God's word has to be rightly divided. He was wounded for my transgression. That's in Isaiah 53. So I'm not smart enough to go in there and get around that scripture that's inside of scripture to get over to the other one. And this don't mean what it says. It means what it says. So I gave up selling drugs and, and a lot of other stuff to make, you know, in making money when I turned to Christ. And I told the Lord, I'm giving this up. And the Lord told me, I'm going to teach you to prosper. 
So I don't need to sell dope and, 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 and hot items to make money, and I'm a child of God. I need to make my way to the throne of grace. I need to let my request be made known to God and the peace of God that pass all this understanding going to keep my heart and mind. And what the Lord probably is going to say to you is what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? And do you see my ministry as good ground to sow good seed into? So I submit to you that Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law and poverty is a part of that curse. So that had to be a part of the atonement. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, are you there? Look at verse 9. We're going to read this verse together. If you have it, say, I have it. All right, read. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich, period. So when was he poor? When he came here. When was he rich? Before he came here. So that we through his poverty might be rich. Christ was poor. But he was poor after he was rich. He was poor to identify with the fact that we were poor. So that we through his poverty might be rich. That's all day long. And the devil wants to back the body of Christ up from that. And, and instead of tithing, he wants you to start selling hot stuff out of your house, hot stuff out of your car, and hot stuff out of your prison cell. Because that's your way you headed, Holmes. Folks selling dope to the FBI. So, on that cross, on that cross is where Christ died not only for our sins, but he died to deliver us from poverty and sickness and spiritual damnation. And the church went wild. Now where I sold my money, when I get paid on Friday, I know I got Sunday coming up. So me and my family, we have a need. And that need is financial. So that part of that money that I get when I'm paid on Friday, uh, every other week, military, however you get paid, I have to cut a part out that belongs to God. And I have to have the right attitude because God loves a cheerful giver. So in giving and in sowing and in seed, and once I sow it, it's going to take time and then the harvest is going to come. You're not, you're not going to stop me from giving. And God doesn't have to beg me for what I know I already owe him. So I'm sowing up for myself and for my future every time I tithe. 
And God has been real good to me. And, and the money that God has blessed that flows into my Social Security account every month, the only thing that ever comes out of that account is tithes and offerings. The rest of that money, I haven't even touched it. In my retirement money, I split three ways and gave to my grandboys. And the reason I'm telling you this, this is my business. I'm not teaching you theory. At some point, you need to get serious about the money that you're making and what is it that you're doing with it. You know, as, 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 as all y'all get older, you know, there's a thing out there called long-term care. You might want to start looking at so if something happens to you, you don't go broke trying to take care of your loved one that you got possibly put in a nursing home and you can keep at home and they can be provided for at-home, long-term care. But you take the average individual, just like, I, I probably don't even know what I'm talking about right here, but allow me to say it, when a lot of these plants closed down and these folk had all that stuff, they couldn't even get in the, in the house, had a boat in the garage, never went fishing, just vanity. A lot of those people are broke now. You got to let the Holy Spirit set you up for your future. Ain't no way I'm going to keep coming to church and I'm not prospering. It's not going to happen. You know, I love you. I'm glad to see you. But I ain't here for all that. I'm here because his word works. All right, I'm getting ready to pull. So we see then, for you know, that ninth verse, for you know. See, this is, what, this is what we know. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is something we didn't earn. We were given grace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich in glory, yet for your sakes he became poor. He identified with us so that you through his poverty might be rich. That's directly connected to the lamb on that cross. On that cross. And it's so gratifying to me. Anybody else in here blessed? Amen. It's so gratifying to me to know that God doesn't want me to live and die poor and I'm following Christ. What sense does that make? What sense does that make? Now, let me dispel some myth for maybe some of you all that are methodical. First of all, the more money you have, the more taxes you pay. Now don't you think for one moment because you pay your house off, that's it. No. Every year you got to pay Caesar for the property that that, tax, that that house is sitting on. Am I right about it? So, you know, a lot of times when people don't have, they, they, they fantasize. The more money you have, the more you owe your Uncle Sammy. 
So ain't no such thing as having all this money and I ain't got to pay nobody. Sam going to have his hands on your money as long as he can. Now, you got an insurance settlement. You don't have to pay tax on the insurance settlement. So that $100,000 you got on that insurance settlement, go for it, Holmes. Make sure you give the Lord that first 10000 That felt like a brick in Cross Lake. I should have worn a black suit this morning. I'm at a funeral. <laughs> Genesis 26. Y'all remember Isaac, right? Okay. And I was reading something about, about Rachel then was concerned about the money that God had allowed them to have in their family. They didn't want that money taken away. See, all right-thinking Christians. I remember, you know, when the Lord was blessing us so out here at the church, and he's still blessing us out here at the church. The note on the Life Center was $17,000 a month on Life Center. And we paid it off six years early. Clap your eyes, roll your hands, do something. You, <laughs> see, you, this is a business, too. And in the business, you have to pay your bills. I'm not, the, the people downtown could not understand why Greenwood Acres was moving and paying all this stuff off in record time. They came to see us. They came to see me. Came in that office right there. And they wanted to know how was this being done. I say, God! <laughs> God taught me what I call a bridge theory. A bridge theory is when you have indebtedness up here and you have money down here. You continue to pay here and you bring this down. If you add to this and your money's the same, you're diminishing. So the bridge theory says, here I am with my money, I'm paying off on this principle. Because you cannot have applied principle, interest, you cannot have interest where you don't have principle. So to bring this down, and boy, listen, all these bills are paid for. <laughs> Everything Greenwood Acres has paid for. And I thank God for you that tithe and bring money because it's, listen, I'm striving to be a better steward. But the bridge series, your indebtedness is up here, your money is down here. You keep paying it off, and what you're doing, you're bringing this bridge down. And when you get down so close to where your money is, you cross over and you pay it off. Now this goes away and this goes up. And see, when you get into that place where the Lord has brought me in my house, 
then whatever you want and whatever you desire, you go and buy it. You go and buy it. Now you say, well, he gets up there bragging. Well, would you like to come in and brag on your poverty? We're supposed to make our boast in the Lord. And we're supposed to tell everybody and make his deeds known among the people. So I'm dead free. And it didn't happen by accident. I'm telling you, if you patiently wait on God and you pay your bills and you do what you're supposed to do and you clean your credit up, please clean that up before you try to go and get a house. Bring that credit score on up from 450. Get that credit score on up there, 700 and something. My credit score is about 820. I don't put down payments on cars. I just go get them. You set yourself up to be successful. And you get rid of all this old ghetto mindset. I ain't giving that preacher my money. Ah, church don't need no money. As long as you stay in that mindset, you're not going to be productive for a very long time. It's real sad to meet people that are broke now. That's not God's, that's not God's will. You're a royal priesthood and you're a royal broke king. A broke king, tooth is missing all in the front. We're royalty. Did I tell you where to go? Where are you? Look at the 12th verse. Genesis 26 and 12. All right. The Bible says, then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. You got that? He sold in that land and in the same year he received a hundredfold. And, and, and as, as though if that's not enough, the scripture continues to say, and the Lord blessed him. Well, man, if you receive a hundredfold, you're already blessed. But let's read on. In verse 13. And the man, talking about Isaac, became great and went forward, not backwards, and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them. And filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. See, Isaac was smart enough to know where to sow. He sowed in that land. If you want to parallel that, the ministry you are part of, sow into it. If it's good enough for you to come here, it's good enough for you to sow here. That's what I do. I'm the pastor and I'm a tither. 
Because if, if this ain't good ground to sow into, then that means I, I wouldn't be here. I ain't got no cursed ground. So Isaac, Abraham's son, has sense enough to sow. And he sowed into that land. And in the same year, he received a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed it. Man, listen, when you tie your money up with God, I don't care how many enemies you got coming against you, they cannot affect what God has already accomplished for you and what he's already set out there for you. What is for you, it is for you. Just be consistent and keep moving. James 5. James 5, in verse 7. Notice this. At some point, you're going to have to start believing the Bible. At some point, if you want productivity from the hand of God, at some point, you're going to have to start believing the Bible. Somebody asked me one day, would say, well, well, Pastor, why do you believe the Bible? I said, well, in this world, you've got to believe something, so I chose to believe the Bible. James 5 and 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. See, when you sow your seed today, what's going to happen? God is going to bless that seed. Now, you be patient until you receive the early or the former, and the latter rain. What does that mean? That meant that Israel needed God's blessing on their seed in that land. So that when they sowed the seed, just like the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. See, the early rain was to soften the ground so the seed could go into it. All right after the crop was planted, the early rain came to situate the seed. The seed rotted in the earth. And as time went on, then the latter rain came and gave strength for the harvest. See, I don't expect to sow seed today and reap a harvest on Monday. But somewhere along the line, I expect that harvest to show up. Somewhere along the way, I expect God to... Honor his word. I told people down through the years, baby, you only got $10, put it in church. You can't even get a good gallon of gas. You can't get three gallons of gas for $10. You only got $10. And you say, Lord, I need you. And Lord say, well, sow that seed. Because when the farmer sows the seed and put the dirt over it, the seed becomes invisible. In his mind, he knows that he has done it. Now he's waiting on God to prove it. It's seed, time, harvest. Say that to me. Seed, time, harvest. To neighbor, patiently wait on this it. coming.
Did I tell you what happened to me last year? Huh? <laughs> this was last year. Last year, I received a check for $30,000. I ain't tell y'all that? I'm telling you now. And check this out. The folk had been looking for me for so long until the original amount was $14,000. The $16,000 was interest paid on the $14,000. See, God said, I give you the, the hidden treasures of darkness. You got to understand, some of y'all right now sitting up here looking at me got money down in Baton Rouge. You need to go on Louisiana.gov, whatever they call it, and see if you got some money down there. God says, I'll give you the hidden treasures of darkness and the things of secret places. See, what you do with your seed controls your future, your destiny. One seed can change your whole financial picture if that's good seed into good ground. Sure is. And when the $30,000 came in, this is, this is the kind of heart that God has placed in me. It's not a perfect heart, but it's a good heart. It was only right for me to give the law firm that did it $5,000. Now, I want to hang out right there for a minute. See, because some Christians, let me ask you a question. If two Christians are interacting business together, one has a house to sell and the other Christian want to buy it. Why do you think the Christian who's trying to buy this other Christian's house don't think that Christian ought to make any money? That's kind of where we're living in. You're going to tell me, okay, if I'm going to sell you my house, say I'm going to sell you my house for $200,000. And the one I live in appraises for almost 350000 But I'm going to sell you my house. You're a Christian. And you want me to take one fifty for my house. Man, you crazy. That ain't the way this works. It's my house. I've been paying taxes and the note. Here you show up and you want me to cut $50,000 off the price of my house. Because you prayed. I prayed too. <laughs> so so, so you're going to tell me God's going to favor you over me. And it's my stuff. Man, if you was a pastor and a fly on the wall, you don't understand all this stuff. I, I deal with all kinds of stuff like this. Why do you think because you're a Christian, this other Christian is supposed to be defrauded because you want their stuff? Last time I read, you called it covetousness. You want me to take a loss because you got a need. At least you ought to come in there saying, look, well, Pastor, I know you want $200,000 for your house, but uh, I give you $199,000. So, 
<laughs> I'm from the hood, man. I ain't crazy. So, but you come in there talking about, you know, 125. I'm not even entertaining that. Just like the story was told one time about this, it was a Christian bear out in the woods. And it was a Christian hunter out in the woods. And the Christian came across this bear. And the bear had the gun. How you think that ended up? <laughs> the God I serve does not want me giving my stuff away because somebody got a pity party. A good steward, as much as possible, will make a profit. Let me conclude like this. I'm a long way from being through. But in Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter, go there. So we see the farmer waits for the early and the latter rain. Am I right about it? Yeah, because he's got seed in the ground. God will bring that seed back to you, that harvest back to you, when you're not even expecting it. God is a good God. Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter. And look at the 19th verse. A feast is made for laughter. You don't throw no part in everybody in there dressed in black looking like there's a body over there on the kitchen sink. A feast is made for laughter. Mardi Gras, birthday party, celebration. And wine maketh merry. Some of y'all... Don't need to even do that. Because sometimes the first drink, now you got your shoes off. What else are you going to take off? A feast is made for laughter and wine maketh merry. But watch this. But money answers all things. You open that door, you say you can't come in here. Everything in here is covered. You have to go next door. Money answers all things. Now we're up to the O.J. Simpson trial and the dream team. I'm in the group that believe that O.J. is innocent. I believe that Mark Furman and that Detective Adder Set OJ up. How you gonna kill two people and you only got one drop of blood in the driveway? But I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make you mad. I established that early on. I ain't here to make you mad. But why did America get all turned upside down because a black man got a fair trial in the justice system? 
If he'd have been guilty, they'd have found him guilty. I'm not trying to change your, your mind because I'm not getting paid for this endorsement. But here's what I am saying. Money answers all things. You get into legal trouble, you got the money, you can buy the best defense out there. And guess what? They'll come. They'll come all the way from New York down here. Yeah. That's what they'll do. So what we do with what we have in our hand is very, very, very important. Now, I need to leave you with a couple of scriptures. Because what is God's mindset when it comes to prosperity? Because you want to be in the will of God, right? Am I right about it? Okay. Say these words to your neighbor as you on your way. Can you do two things at once? On your way to Psalms, no. no. <laughs> on your way to Psalms, number 118. Boy, y'all be saying some stuff up in here. Psalms number 118. Well, before you go there, I need to take you to Psalms 35 27. Psalms 35 and 27. See, I know God wants me rich. Hallelujah. I resolved that in my mind a long time ago. I don't care what folks say. I, I'm not preaching for money, but because I preach, I get paid. Amen. Just that simple. I don't preach for money. I preach because the Lord called me to preach. But I ain't standing up here wearing my suit out and you out there grinning and ain't paid nothing. They ain't going to work either. Uh-uh, we, we, we laborers together. <laughs> you in Psalms 37? 35, 27? Okay, let them shout for joy. Somebody say hallelujah. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. How often? Let the Lord be magnified who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now God is well pleased with Freddie Baby up here. Because he's the one that made me prosperous. I don't care what folks say. I don't care how they bend their mouth all up and how they talk and say all this stuff. I'm still blessed of the Lord, highly favored. I'm still on top and going higher. And I know that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. No, servant. Singular. Th that means you got to make up your mind whether you want God to bless you with some material blessings. Or you just gonna be a super duper saint? You can't pay sweat to go with that. You got to go down there with some Benjamins. And how dare you have a spirit of poverty upon yourself and upon your children? Some kids ought to be mad at their parents because they've been drug the church all their life and the family ain't no better and the house they live in ain't no better and, 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 and the car ain't no better chicken bones all in the back seat 
Kids ought to be able to see the prosperity of the Lord in your life. God takes pleasure in the prosperity that's on my life. I don't listen to naysayers. I don't let nobody determine how many cars I'm supposed to have or what kind of car I'm supposed to drive. Listen, if you want to walk for exercise, that's on you. I ain't doing it. You're going to find me on the side of the highway trying to get to Bolger. I done fell out. Mm-mm. Just the other day, I had to go to the Life Center. I had two minds when I stepped out the door. One man said, you can walk over there, you need to exercise. Other man said, you can drive too. <laughs> I decided to drive. When I got back in my office over here, the whole sky opened up. I said, see, I'd have been trapped between that building and this building trying to walk over here and drench with rain. Sometimes you have to use wisdom. <laughs> I didn't learn prosperity at the local church. I learned it on my stomach in my living room on Chestnut Street reading the Bible. That God wanted me to be prosperous and in health. That's why I fought so hard to get back to where I was before the devil attacked my back. I ain't sitting around, you know, making that the norm in my life. I don't want that in my life. You had to fight to get back to where you were before you were attacked. You, you, you have to. But I want to leave you on this note. I'm a long way from being through. Because the blessings of the Lord didn't make it rich. And he don't have no sorrow with it. So if people can't stand your prosperity, and see, that's one thing in the Old Testament. Y'all go to Psalms 118. That's one thing in the Old Testament. God told Moses, he said, Moses, look, don't have nobody around you that's going to see your blessings when I send them to you. And I'm paraphrasing. Don't have nobody around you that's covetous. See, because when God gets ready to bless his people in leadership, you don't need no small-minded people. That's too much. And who are you? You ain't doing the work. You, you, you being blessed because of the work. I know it's, it's, you know, but the edge of the sword is, is sharp. So you just have to deal with it. I'm not apologizing for any blessing the Lord and bless me with. And you don't need to apologize for any blessing. You have worked all your life and now you're in retirement and, and people trying to come borrow your money. Tell them, you know, I ain't here. <laughs> Tell them, don't be calling over here. Did I say Psalm 118? All right, Psalm number 118. Let me get to it right quick. And look at verse 25. Save now. <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> it's all right if I'm the only one happy. Save now. Save now. I beg you, oh Lord, oh Lord, I beg you, sin now. 
prosperity. Now, is that in your Bible? So ain't nothing wrong with me asking God for, for my portion, for my prosperity. Send it right now. I'm tired of everything I make going out of the door on Friday. Send now prosperity. Save now. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Send prosperity. Thy servant, receive it. Because you told me you take pleasure in my prosperity. Now, that's what you told me. That you rejoice to meet every one of my needs. That's what you told me. And the Christ that died on that cross, not only did he die to save me eternally, but to set me free and to break all of these chains off my money. Now you talking about setting the captive free. Don't spend the rest of your life in bondage to your creditors. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure you measure out there, will be measured back to you. That's what the head of the church said. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. And some psalmist says, you can't beat God giving. No matter how, oh, y'all know that song? No matter how hard you try. And the more you give, the more he'll give to you. What's the, what's, what's the, what? Just keep on giving because it's really true that you can't beat God giving no matter how. Is it hard there? I, I felt a little hood get on that right quick. No matter how you try. Can't do it. So God called us out of darkness into light to prosper us. And to prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And to anoint our head with oil and cause our cup of rejoicing to run over. Man, God wants you sharp. God wants your car sharp. God wants your kids sharp. God wants your money intact. God wants all that together because he's going to use you to make somebody out there real jealous. That's what God does. He said, listen, I don't bless you. Now I'm going to sit you at this table. I used to think that it was a square table or rectangle table like that. Thou prepares the table before me. Uh-uh. The table is round. So you rubbing elbows with folk that hate you and want to see you just go down under. And God got you sitting in the middle of all them jokes rejoicing. And your cup running over. And they done tried to stop you. And everything they tried to do, no weapon formed against you prospered. And you're still moving on. And your kids blessing. Just got them a new car. And you're just moving on. And you ain't broke. And you ain't, and you ain't out there begging for bread. And you're not out there at the mercy of somebody who can destroy you. It's not going to happen. Because when you're anchored in Jesus, 
you got all the ankle you'll ever need. Yes, my Lord. You know what they say about y'all out there in the world, don't you? Ain't no way. I'm going to agree with Edgar. All them folk over there think they rich. And I be saying to myself, <laughs> I be saying to myself, who in the world want to go to a poor church? Huh? I ain't say poor. Poor. Can't afford the other O and R. I want to rub shoulders with people that have something. Not that I want something, but ain't it nice to meet somebody who has something? Got the kids through school and all that, and they, you know, now they, you know, they're making money. And they ain't got to be spending it all on the kids. They're making money. And they know what to do with it. And God will sustain there you is power, all the day. Power, wonder-working power in the blood of Bless Jesus. Bless Jesus, somebody. See, time and harvest will not cease while the earth remains. That's God's the promise to every one of, of us. The of Jesus on the cross at Calvary on, is God's God. resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation, and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.